welcome to episode number five of the Money Line. Thanks for tuning in. Today we'll focus on this week's CFL schedule and also touch on a question that I've been asked numerous times in the last few days with NHL season around the corner. I will attempt to explain why it can't be a simple yes or no answer. But for now, let's get into the CFL. Friday Night Football is a showdown of two very disappointing teams with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders in Hamilton. It's funny how similar these teams are when I look at their body of work this season. Coming into the year, both offenses were expected to take a step back with with improved defensive play. But as the season progressed, uh, we did see injuries um, start to take their toll on both teams um, while they were both plagued with a lack of creativity and maybe maybe consistent playmakers on offense as well. Saskatchewan is the crossover team right now uh, with a four-point lead over Hamilton. So this is essentially the season for the Tiger Cats. We are sitting just under a field goal for Hamilton, which makes sense considering uh, where these teams are right now. Um, Saskatchewan is coming off four straight losses, three of them um, to, to Winnipeg, and an inexplicable loss to the Elks. Um, in fact, after starting the season four and one, they've now gone two and eight with wins over BC's third string QB, um, and a win against Edmonton, um, in which the final score was, uh, was actually pretty deceiving. Meanwhile, Hamilton continues their run of bad variance late in games. Uh, they just, this team just can't put two strong halves together. Um, and that has killed them all season. We've seen Hamilton take some early money here. And as long as the Tiger Cats are favored by less than a field goal at home, um, I, I think it's fair. This could change now depending on some riders' defensive injuries. Um, and that is what I will be looking out for here. On Saturday night, uh, we start with the BC Lions in Toronto. Now, we were all over the Lions against the Red Blacks last week, citing a significant step down. Um, while now they're stepping up again against an improved Argonauts defense that does have all the tools to give the Lions trouble. In the BC-Calgary game two weeks ago, the Stamps were able to drop back in coverage and force Vernon Adams to make the tough throws, which he does have trouble with, and he's shown that his 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 whole career um, in the CFL. Against Ottawa, we knew the Red Blacks would bring pressure, like any Mike Benavides defense usually does. Um, this, this, this worked in BC's favor, opening up screens and allowing Adams to use his legs. I do have both defenses trending up significantly, um, and would expect this to be a tight one possession game. The Argos are minus one at home, uh, which again is fair, um, and I would expect it to stick around there. There's not much to say about the second game on Saturday with the Elks uh, going into Winnipeg. Edmonton uh, finds new ways to lose every every week, uh, but their defense is getting better weekly now. We saw some places open at 14 uh, with it settling at 13. No real opinion here. Maybe the Bombers slip up looking past Edmonton, but they've shown... Um, the Bombers have, uh, they've shown that even when they are struggling within games, uh, they have another gear. The under intrigues me because I like the way Edmonton has turned their defense around, but they do have injuries um, that I'll be monitoring there as well. The final game of the week is on Monday, Thanksgiving in Canada, where the Red Blacks go into Montreal. I mentioned last week before Ottawa's game in BC that sometimes... When a team like Ottawa, who has had tons of bad luck and injuries, loses the way that they have all season, there might be some element of packing it in. 
They certainly didn't match the BC Lions' focus early in that game, and the final score was flattering. But they did fire their coach this week. You could call it a new coach bump, but considering the lack of offensive creativity and the general lack of effort in recent games, I'm just calling it how much worse can they possibly play at this point. These teams played in Montreal just over a month ago with the Owls closing uh, minus four. Now the now Montreal has played better, especially defensively, since that game, but they've also been getting lucky in their covers. A full field goal adjustment here to seven looks like it may be a bit too much. I am monitoring the news from the Red Blacks camp uh, to see what, if anything, will be different for the new coach before I get involved. Of course, if I am able to post any picks um, at currently available numbers, I will do so on the Betstamp app. All right, let's get to the line. I've been asked quite a bit lately if I'll be posting my NHL picks this season. So some context. Um, last season, I posted a losing public record, which is not that big of a deal when you look at the history of plays for the last six years that I've made available on Twitter. I isolated the things that I struggled with last season, assessed some elements that I've changed in the NHL, and worked in the offseason to try to get in front of them like I do every offseason, regardless of the previous year's results. The problem I'm seeing is that there is a steady decline in the quality of the public posted plays. Now, I strongly believe that when you post publicly, you have a duty to do so responsibly. This means that you only quote the widely available numbers at sharp books so that you can be graded against them for people who may want to consume your content. Anybody can pick off slow moving lines. And in many cases, I actually encourage that. But to then use that as your play, that just doesn't sit well with me. Now, I don't mean this in any other way besides a statement of fact, but when we bet, the lines do move. So if I bet a minus 110, let's say it moves and settles at minus 150. That's great for us. Now, I'm not going to post it at minus 110 because that number is gone. I'm also not going to post it at minus 150 because I don't like it there anymore. So I can't post that play at all. I could post it if it came back to my limit of, let's say, minus 115. But the very fact that this line came back towards my initial bet means that it's not as strong of a bet anymore. This is what was being posted. The number that never came back was not posted, but the one that did is what was made publicly available. Obviously, that was a big problem for me. So, of course, the next logical question would be, Why don't you post before you move it or while you're moving it? I love Twitter. In fact, I owe the majority of my career success to Twitter. Um, Maybe we can discuss that in a future episode. But for me, when I'm just posting plays, it does become a hindrance. The hockey market is sharper. There are more eyes. Even when I tweet a play, the line moves. So you can imagine if I'm tweeting before I bet, I'm hurting myself and my partners who now have to scramble because the number is prematurely on the move. I tried this and I would spend way too long worrying about the number I'm giving out, trying to time it in the market while making sure that um, that we adequately got filled. Um, this took a toll last season Because again, I'm not just going to give out picks for the hell of it. It matters to me if people are betting based on what I say. And um, I just spend too much time on that and not enough time on my own trading. So um, I just want to get back to focusing on my own betting um, in, in, in that respect. 
The final thing on my mind with posting picks is, well, just posting picks is that with the betting market becoming more mature and more mainstream, I think I can provide more value outside of just the picks. I want to discuss process more and reading the market instead of creating um, a rush to the market. I will post plays in certain situations that I have identified, but creating dialogue around different ideas and keeping the discussion going through this podcast would benefit us all in the long term. I can learn from your calls into the line and hopefully I can provide value to you as well. All right, let's uh, let's wrap it up. Uh, thank you again for listening. Uh, you can contact me with questions, comments, feedback um, at So Money Sports on Twitter or email So Money Sports at gmail.com. Please rate, review, subscribe to the podcast if you can. And until next time, the line is open. Thank you.